Now, we are doing our message series, which is about understanding the Bible. And we've been looking at the letters of John. So we've, we've gone through the first letter of John over the, the last six weeks and we're in week seven of our series. And so we, we, we're moving into like part two of the letters of John. But before I do that and, and jump into this, I want to kind of give you a quick breakdown of the four books of the Bible that have been attributed to John, that is John the disciple. So we're going to put something up on the screen for you. And these are the four books that are attributed to John, and, and believe it or not, they all have John's name in them. So that, that kind of gives you an understanding of the, where it is. So f- first of all, let me start. John wrote um, the Gospel of John. Now, there are four Gospels, the Gospel accounts of Jesus' life. You've got Matthew, you've got Mark, you've got Luke, and you've got John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, are more concerned about the specific um, actions of Jesus, what he did, what, what he said, what, who he met, those things. While the Gospel of John is, is concerned with what Jesus' actions actually say about who he is, that he is the everlasting Son of God, he is the Messiah, he is the Chosen One. See, the Gospel of John has 21 chapters in length, and so you can think of it like a a short book conveying information about who Jesus is. John also wrote the three letters to the churches in Ephesus, in and around Ephesus, and they're they're named, they're they're called quite creatively, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Now, over the last six weeks, we've been looking at um, the first letter of John, Um, and if the, if the Gospel of John can be thought of like a short book, the first letter of John can be regarded as like a, a poetic sermon rather than just a straight letter. I mean, if you compare some of the other letters that are written to churches, you know, like um, letters that uh, Paul has written to churches, they're quite different in structure. They're quite different in the language they use. They're quite different in the way that they, they flow. John is, is, is like he's giving a sermon, written sermon, and his thoughts go in, in loops and patterns and cycle back and come forward and then go back to the same point and elaborates the points he wants them to hear. So it's the, the, that first letter that we've spent six weeks doing is like a sermon. Aren't you glad that um, I didn't just do it all in one, that we broke it down and had a look at what, what John was trying to say? So if, if, if the first letter is like... Um, like a sermon, a poetic sermon, the next two letters, 2 John and 3 John, they can kind of be considered like postcards, kind of like urgent messages that are sent to the church for them to take. And it's got one point basically sitting there for them to, to take hold and go, this is what I need you to understand. So we've got... A, a, a short book, the Gospel of John. You've got a poetic sermon, which is 1 John. And you find you find um, 1, 2 and 3 Johns right down the back of the Bible, just, just in front of um, Revelation. And you've got 2 and 3 John as like postcards, short information being given to the church, written to either a specific individual or to the church in itself. 
Now, I don't know about you, but do people still use postcards when they go away? I mean, not that we go away often at the moment, you know. It's like, that's like a sheer luxury, isn't it, to be able to, to leave your own environment and head somewhere else. But um, postcards are kind of like a almost becoming a thing of the past. You know, you still see them around in those holiday destinations. But you get them and you go, you send it and you write on it, just a little piece of information. Trip's going great, wonderful things, and you send it off. So that's kind of the overview of, of the four books that in the Bible that are attributed to John. So let's just jump into the second letter of John. Let's, let's grow straight into this. And this is John's introduction. So he's introducing himself. And, and we're going to read um, from verse 1 of 2 John, chapter 1. And, and it's, it's, it's a single chapter book, short. Um, and we're going to read through to verse um, 4. So it says this. This letter is from John the Elder. I am writing to the chosen lady and to her children whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth, because the truth lives in us and we will be, and we will be with us forever. Grace, mercy and peace, which comes from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us whom live in truth and love. How happy I was to meet some of your children and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. So this is his opening introduction. John basically needs to set the scene of who he is, his credentials, whom he is writing to, and a greeting and a reminder of the divinity and nature of Jesus. See, John in this second letter is writing to the church, which he calls the chosen lady, and to the members of the church, which he calls um, her children. Although some scholars actually point out that the churches in and around Ephesus at that time were, were house churches. They were, they, they were not like the synagogues or what we have here where we've got multiple families as being part of the church. They were like home churches. They, they had a family and, and there were numerous of them around there. So it's not far to think and stretch that as Paul is writing to the chosen lady, he's actually writing to a lady in the house, in that house, and her children that are keeping the faith. It makes perfect sense when you think about it that these are home churches and groups of home churches around the place. Whichever way we want to look at it, John is writing not just to an individual, but he's writing to the church and all of its members. And that's how we read it now for ourselves. So what does John want us to understand in this first letter? And I want to give you some information before we read the passage, the information that John is conveying to the church so that we can read it with this in mind. And it's important for us to actually understand this concept because our concept that I'm about to talk about in just a second is a little bit different to what it was back then. And the concept revolves around hospitality. 
See, hospitality in the time that John is writing to the church here it was actually expected of believers. Hospitality was welcoming somebody into your home. If you showed hospitality to that person, it indicated not only did you accept the person, but you also accepted what the person was proclaiming. And this is how the church grew. It grew through hospitality. See, early missionaries would would come and speak into public places. They would start talking about Jesus Christ and the saving grace of Jesus. They they would go into the synagogues and and talk with people there. They would go into um, the places where they would find people who were spiritually yearning and and looking for things uh, more than just the everyday. So they might go down to the riverside and talk with the people that are there and there were often the women washing the clothes at that point in time. They would go to the places where people were praying and they would talk with people. And what would happen is that individuals would become interested and would want to know more And how did they know more? Well, they would invite them to come and stay with them, invite them to come to their home to offer them hospitality. And in that moment, they would then sit and listen to the missionary, the teacher, talk more about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is the way the church grew. It grew family by family by family. You know, missions would go out and they'd come into a place, they'd talk, and somebody would go, I want to know more, and then we'd invite them back. And this is the way Jesus actually taught his disciples to go into the villages and proclaim the message of the, of the kingdom of God and talk about that. And, and they would go two by two and they would look for places where People would be hospitable, would listen, would invite them in. We think hospitality is a little bit different. We think about, you know, making potato salads and making sure things are, you know, right for everybody, you know, and giving food, and then when we've eaten the meal, go away. You know, that's, it's, go back to your home. It was actually open your home, have them stay, welcome them, feed them, care for them, and listen to them. So in this letter, John is commending the church to continue to show hospitality, to show love, but he's reminding them that they need to be careful about the false teachers. As, as, as we've talked all the way through the, the first six weeks of looking at what John was thinking about and trying to combat about the false teachers, those who were proclaiming that Jesus wasn't actually the Son of God, wasn't the Messiah, wasn't the chosen one, John is encouraging them to be hospitable but to be quick and careful about understanding who are false teachers to judge if they are being true to the Christian faith, that Jesus is God in the flesh here amongst us. Jesus is the Messiah, is the Saviour. So having all of that information of where John is wanting us to go, let's read what John wrote to the chosen lady and her children. From 2 John, chapter 1, 
verse 5 through to 11, we'll read. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us. And he has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you may receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil works. Now, I want to say this before we go too far, and I actually didn't write this down in, in my notes for stuff, but it's actually something that was sitting there. Sometimes people use this section as a means to shun those who don't believe. They use this as a proof text that, you know, if they're not believing, don't welcome them. I think what, as I said, hospitality is something that was expected and to be shunned but we needed to be careful of what we were saying to those around us. So what does it mean for us today? Does it mean we go on and we, we shun people and we, we turn away from people who don't believe like us? The answer is no. That's not what we are to do. It's about community. It's about hospitality. Kerry Newoff said this, no one should be able to out-community the local church. I actually really love this because this is one of the things, one of the cruxes that helps us as a church to be the church, to actually show hospitality, to be in community with one another, to share each other's burdens and encourage one another. The problem is, our world today, actually, the church is probably one of the last places people look for community. And that saddens me. But this is something that we can change. Hospitality and community are what it means is to be foundational for the church, is what it means to be foundational for us here at New Beginnings Uniting. Community is how we love each other. You know, the, the, and we often talk about the church as being a fellowship of believers, of people. You know, um, the, the New Testament Greek word koinonia is the fellowship, is the participation together, especially in the life and love of God. So it's, it's not just participating in, in the everyday mundane things of life. It's actually participation coming together. It's community together around God's love. See, love is the characteristic of the church. And John reminds 
the church and reminds us that we are to continue to love one another. This is not something new he's making up. This is something that Jesus taught, that he listened to, that he heard and, and brings to the church. We love one another. There are many ways for us to show hospitality about the way we care for one another. That, that do we pray for each other? Do we actually take time and energy out of our week, out of our day, and do we t- pray for each other here in our fellowship, in our community? Do we offer a welcome when people join and come in for the first time? Do we share in life groups, encouraging people to to go deeper into their faith, to come closer to God and understanding. So we can show hospitality by reading the Bible with one another. We can show hospitality by sharing a meal together. You know, it's it's interesting because often one of the things that churches do is have tea and coffee, whether it's before or after a service, That's part of the hospitality. That's part of showing our care and our love for one another. That's that's part of us not just having things because we're hungry. It's because it's about hospitality. It's about community. It's about sharing. Jesus did some of his deepest, most profound ministry over males. And we can do the same. One of the biggest things that help us with being showing hospitality is when we look out for others before we look out for ourselves. See, hospitality is that practical love. It is, it is that practical love that helps us be a community of faith. The other aspect that John is saying here in this letter, this second letter to the church, is that we need to be careful of what we listen to. We actually need to be careful of what we listen to. And the reason we say this is because what we hear, what we see, what we read, what we digest, what is coming into us influences us. You know, if if they had no influence on us of what we hear and what we see and what what we read, if that had no influence or no bearing on us, We would have no commercial TV. We would have no um, ads in papers. We would have no magazines. There would be no advertising at all because there would be no influence on us. But you know what? The things we see, the things we hear have influence. And this is why John is saying, be careful because they have influence over you. They will change your thinking. They will change your behaviour. They will, instead of draw you closer to God, they will pull you away. We need to be careful of what we are listening to, what we are hearing. One of the things that helps me recentre myself when, when, when I'm, you know, I'm not doing so well or when I feel like I'm, I'm not as close to God, is I will often um, go for a walk and put my headphones on, you know, uh, the universal sign of don't speak to me is when you put your headphones in or headphones on. It means stay away, you know, I'm, I'm in my own zone. 
you, you know somebody really wants to speak to you when they stop and go, I really want to speak to you, and you've got your headphones on, and you're going, oh, hang on, I'm in the middle of something. I digress for a moment, sorry. But what, it, what I do is I will put on some worship music. I'll put on something that will draw me back towards worshipping God, will bring me back in. Music is incredibly emotive. Or I'll, I'll actually get out the Bible app, put up the Bible app on my phone, pull up one of the books of the Bible, and I've got my headphones on at the moment, and tell it to read it to me. And as I'm walking along, I'm listening to God's word come on upon me. And that helps me understand and recenters myself. The radio stations that we choose to listen to, the books we choose to consume, I'm not saying don't see what the world is doing. Don't be isolationist, but be mindful of what you consume. That if all your diet is taking and drawing you away from God, you will be drawn away from God. If it's the same as if you eat junk food, what happens? You become unhealthy. If you have a diet of things that are coming into you visually through what you read, what you listen to, what you see, if that is drawing you away from God, that is going to draw you away from God. Be careful of what you feed yourself. What you put into your mind will change us and it will be what comes out. The classic example of what we put in is what comes out. Have you ever, you know, young parents often get surprised when their children will parrot the words that they say. And often the words that they say are the ones that they don't want them to be repeating. Have you noticed that? You know, like a, and even in play, and they might be there scolding their teddy bears, and, and and but letting expletives come out in the process, and you wonder where that's come from. It's not something that they've thought of themselves. It's what has been given to them. It changes. It imprints on them what we listen to and what we see changes our behaviour. So be careful. So John, in this second letter to the church, is saying that we should not be deceived by those that are bringing false teachings, and we need to bring that for ourselves. We should not be deceived by those that want to draw us away from our faith in Christ, that draw us away from our faith in Jesus Christ, that say that there is now salvation. We say yes John is saying don't even bring them into your home. And and, and it's actually don't even let them start to influence you. This is what it means for us. Don't even let them start to influence you. However, as a church, he also says that we need to. We need to continue to show love. How do we know that we are disciples? How do we know that we are followers of Jesus Christ? It's because we have love for one another. It's the love that we express that shows our faith in Christ. We're to be hospitable. We're to be welcoming. We're to be a community 
of believers in Jesus Christ. So let's just pray. Oh, gracious, loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you can remind us yet again the importance of showing love and concern to those around us. We give you thanks that you can show us again the importance of what our diet is, of what feeds us and how it changes us. Lord, correct us if we are showing no love, if we are being inhospitable, if we are not being in community. Change us so that we express our love. Change us so that we become hospitable. Change us so that we come once again back into community and share with one another. Lord, change us if we have let the world speak into our lives more than you have spoken into our lives. Lord, may we become closer to you today, tomorrow, and the rest of our lives. May we hear your words and let them be a path to our feet that we may walk in your path for our lives. Oh, Lord, we just pray this in your name, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.